Welcome to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lukin, the Financial Dignity Coach. In this podcast, we help you recover a positive and peaceful relationship with your personal finances. We do this by bringing together wise money management with emotional intelligence. Join us for this journey where we navigate our relationship with money as Christine Lucan draws from years of experience and guest experts to help you get to the root of your money issues. Hello and welcome to Money is Emotional with your host, Christine Lucan. Christine, what's going on? <laughs> oh, way too many things. Got a long to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking before we hit the record button and you are in the middle of so many really exciting things and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I know there's a lot that you're going to be able to spend some time with family here pretty soon, but you got a lot of work to do. I mean, there's all sorts of things pulling you in a lot of different directions and that's, I think, kind of a lot of people's life right now. It is. It is. And I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about vacation, right? Because let's take <laughs> yeah. a vacation from life. So yep. my, my upcoming vacation is going to be a working vacation. But we were also talking about like, what's the coolest thing? Or maybe just like something memorable that happened to you on vacation. And you told me a story about your kids, which I thought was hilarious. Well, yeah. And it's, so there's there's been a lot of different vacations. And but one of my favorite memories was when we went with the kids, we did a road trip down to, to, to see family in San Antonio and outside of San, San Antonio, there is a, like a drive-through safari that at That's the, cool. yeah, it's really, really neat. And at the beginning you can like buy these bags of nuts and seeds and whatever peanuts and things that you can feed the animals along the way. And like, they, they just come up to your car and they, stick their head in there <laughs> so so i guess there was no lions <laughs> no no not 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 at the not at the part where they come to your car although anyway no it was it was it was interesting so one of the first ones that we we got to were the zebras and they have bigger teeth than i thought uh you know oh. they, they were not violent by any means but you know they, they would like stick their head in your car and they're you've got these bags the kids were loving it they're, oh you know, look at this uh -huh. it was it was a lot of fun until we got to the ostriches and then <laughs> it was like my daughter doesn't like birds so she's just like freaking out oh. like, no 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 and so she rolled her window up and and i was trying to roll her window down but of course she's holding the button up and i'm <laughs> trying to push the button down the car's like screaming it's not allowed to do its thing so as she's looking at the ostrich she didn't notice that i opened the sunroof <laughs> oh no <laughs> so the ostrich that was next to the one that was by her window staring at her creeping around she's screaming the one next to that one saw the opportunity stuck the head through the sunroof and like came face to face and i said is isabel she turned toward me and the ostrich's face was right there <laughs> And she screamed through her bag. There's peanuts everywhere and whatever else was in the bag. It was fantastic. And she was traumatized. And that was one of my, as a dad, that's kind of what you got to do every once in a while, right? <laughs> that's Just, hilarious. Oh, it's fantastic. Like, yeah. And I got some video. And, did you get it on video? I got some video. Yeah. Oh I mean, my God. <laughs> I had to have stuff to embarrass her with, you know, when she's older. You do. All right. Yeah. So you're going to have to send that to me privately. Yeah, seriously. So, so what about you? What, what is your favorite uh, moment? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a tropical girl at heart and this is like exactly the opposite and probably because it was like so different and so cool. Quite a few years ago, my best friend and I took a trip up to Alaska mm. and on one of our excursions, 
we took a helicopter ride, which was my first helicopter ride, which was amazing because you just get to see so many things that you wouldn't really be able to see on foot. And so this helicopter landed on top of the glacier. Oh my gosh. Then we went on a dog sled ride on top of the glacier. Are you serious? Yes. Like, yes. I have a picture of myself. Like like a bunch of dogs pulling you along. That's it. Yes. Now, obviously we also, we had somebody with, we had a professional dog musher with us. So. (laughs) Okay. Hang on. Not like we were doing this unsupervised. (laughs) Is that what they're called? A dog musher? I think so. Okay. We'll just go with it, but that just, I don't, I maybe just, I made it up. Who knows? No, see, but, <laughs> the problem is, is where my brain went was like a bowl of mashed potatoes and somebody just squishing the mashed potatoes. I'm like a dog musher doesn't sound, it sounds violent to me, but well, they I say mean, mush, right? And correct. They, I, I, I hear what you're saying. So how many dogs were in this like line? And okay. And, 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 there were like 12, I think. Man, so, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. That's way well, we cooler did. than an ostrich. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't come here to talk about animals though, as much as we love them. Yeah, <laughs> man. Okay, that's now that's on my bucket list. Seriously. All right. That, well, it should just, be. It should be. Okay. Huh. All right. So vacations are good. Vacations uh, are good. They can be. Good. So now we got to get down to business. Well, okay. What are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about why you're not saving money. Because <laughs> you're spending it on dog mushers. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Podcast I over. Mean... We're done. That's why you're not saving money. Okay. Well, you know, many of us, we find it hard to get motivated to Mm -hmm. save money. Mm -hmm. And so in this episode, we're uncovering why saving feels hard and the emotional hacks that actually get us excited about saving. Okay. And the first point I want to make is that biology is actually working against us. Really? So (laughs) our brains are hardwired to not save. There's something that exists in the primitive part of our brain, and it causes present bias, which basically means we are biased towards a present reward, a sure reward today, versus a potential reward tomorrow even if tomorrow's reward might be potentially greater. If we go back to our caveman days, survival is a day-to-day thing. Yeah. And so this part of our brain would basically spur us to go for the rabbit that's in the bush 20 feet away, rather than the woolly mammoth that we can see a mile away, even though it's a greater reward, we're not even sure that we could catch it, right? Even though that would be a much greater reward. It's like our brains are hardwired for us to receive pleasure right now, not later. So I think just understanding that present bias exists, it keeps us from beating ourselves up over the fact that we don't want to save because shame can easily come into the picture it's Mm -hmm. like we know we're supposed to save there's important things we're supposed to be saving for and it's hard to motivate ourselves to do it and when we don't do it then we feel bad and we basically compound our negative emotions 
and it just makes it worse, right? Yeah. And so then we just want to avoid the whole entire topic, and we don't even want to talk about it. I'd say I, I love this. I, I love, I love when you teach me these things because, first of all, when you said present bias, the first thing I thought of was like a gift, a present, right? <laughs> so now I can actually take this and let my wife know. Because this timing could not be more perfect, honestly, Christine. Good. <laughs> We're coming off Prime Day. Do you know that? We're oh, yes, off... I know that. Yeah. On a daily basis, I'm receiving presents in the mail, right? <laughs> my my present. I have a present bias. And I can tell my wife, look, my brain is hardwired to not save money. <laughs> my brain is hardwired to receive these packages. Now, to be fair, at least 40 to 50% of those packages are stuff that I ordered for her that she asked me to order for her or else I just bought on a whim because I'm like, ah, she could use this and she'd like this. But that's a great, I don't want to say it's an excuse, but that's a great reason. And now I, I have a little bit more understanding of what's wrong with my brain. Yeah. Well, you know what? I saved a lot of money on Prime Day by not shopping. <laughs> Did you not have internet? Was your internet broken? I, no. I just, oh, I didn't need anything. Oh, yeah. geez. Honestly, I, I was too busy to shop. <laughs> I bought an, I bought an ice machine. Uh, I bought an ice machine. You know, that you sonic ice, ice that everybody likes, a little nugget ice. Oh. That's my wife's favorite. Okay. Very excited. Okay, so you're, anyway. <laughs> you guys are ice connoisseurs. <laughs> yes, I'm, a, I'm an ice snob. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and I used to work with a guy like that and he hated being out on the road with this guy working on a job because every time they go to a restaurant the first thing he'd ask the waitress what kind of ice do you guys have oh lord okay i'm not that <laughs> he is gosh you're so weird <laughs> right <laughs> we have we have the cold uh... kind <laughs> i mean that's my we have the half melty kind no. that's right that's right choose your they'd always be like what do you mean yeah seriously. Like, you know like the shape the size <laughs> the he would just be like <laughs> rolling his eyes like oh my you just oh. order a coke you're gonna order a coke just yeah. order a coke <laughs> now if i end up go to a restaurant and they have ice in the shape of like the infinity symbol mm. um i mm. may be tipping larger i mean that's mm -hmm. that's impressive to me but other than that, that yeah ice is ice <laughs> so anyway so the the other point i want to make is that saving is not the opposite of spending so we okay. think that spending and saving are the opposite of each other, but they're not. Spending and saving are two sides of the same coin. And the reason being is that saved money is meant to be spent eventually for a specific purpose. Mm, okay, that makes sense. I think a lot of people resist saving money because they think that it's money that they can never spend. Right. Because when you think about yeah. it that way, it's like, oh, I never get to have any fun with this money. I just have to like put it in this account. And it's almost like feels like throwing it down a hole. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> or they're like, oh, I just get... can't have any fun with that money. However, depending on what you're saving for. Right. Because we're going to talk about the different types of saving that we need to be doing. You know, some of it gets to spend be spent relatively soon if we're saving for a vacation then we're going to get to spend that money probably in less than a year so if we're saving yeah. for a new car you know maybe we get to spend that in two years so it's not like we never get to spend it and certainly if we are 
saving and investing for very long-term goals like retirement, yes, it is going to be a long time before we can spend that money, but we're going to need money to spend in retirement. So I think sometimes just making that shift that this is money that I get to spend later. Yeah. Yeah. This is I think stuff I just important. can't spend at this moment. Right. Um, so we can just say, I'm choosing to spend this money later. Yeah. I like that. That's Rather than saying like, I can't spend it now. Cause you're just like, Bleh. yeah, no, I mean, that's, that just yeah. doesn't feel good. Yeah. True. That's a, that's a negative. <laughs> like you're, you're bound by something. Whereas right. like you said, I get to spend this later. And then there's a little bit more excitement in that. Yeah. Or I'm choosing to spend this money later. And that's much more empowering. Um, so let's talk about what I like to call the two types of saving. And I have a feeling we're going to have a whole entire episode about this. So there is saving that we do in provider energy. And then there is saving that we do in pleasure energy. So let me explain. I was going to say, yeah, please. <laughs> the provider energy equals safety and security, right? This is all about being taken care of and having your basic needs met so that you can feel safe and secure with your finances. So when we're talking about things like your emergency fund, or as the kids are calling it these days, the e-fund, have you heard that term? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Uh, that's another reflection of how old I am. The e fund, okay? Yeah, no. One of uh, one of my friends, fellow financial planner, uh, his name is uh, Max Pashman, and uh, he's in he's in his late twenties, early thirties. So you know, he's a generation behind us, and uh, he was posting something about the e-fund and I'm like, what is he talking about? Hmm. <laughs> then I looked at, I was like, oh, he's talking about an emergency fund. And then I realized like, this, this is what the younger folks are calling it these days, you know, because calling it an emergency fund isn't, isn't fun. So we'll call it the e-fund. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people have said millennials are lazy, but if you're just starting to use the first letter on, on certain words, eh, maybe that's true. Uh, okay. Now millennials, please don't be mad. I was just kidding. It was a joke. Just kidding. <laughs> E-fund, I like it. E-fund, right? So our emergency fund, a down payment for a house, retirement. These are all of the saving goals that are in the provider energy. Provider so energy. when we think about these particular saving goals that we're motivating ourselves for, we want to think about this as I'm taking care of myself and I'm taking care of my family by doing this. So we're really plugging into that provider energy and saying, you know what, this might not be fun, but this is how I'm taking care of my family. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is important. So most people, you know, at least have self-preservation and want to take care of themselves, right? And, you know, for anybody that has a family or a spouse, it's like, you can totally get on board with that, right? This is how I am helping to take care of my family. So just having that mindset of this is how I am providing safety and security for my family by having this e-fund, 
by saving for retirement, for saving for some of these big goals like a house, et cetera. That's the provider energy. Mm-hmm. Now, when we save in pleasure energy, this is for the fun experiences. So this is like the vacations, um, you know, the hobbies, if you want to get, you know, one of my goals is to get scuba certified, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And it can also be the toys, quote unquote, you know, it can be the nice cars, it can be the boat, it can be a trampoline for the kids, whatever the case may be. But these are the things that are fun to save for. And the way that I like to, there, there's also a little shift here that I, I like to make with people. And it works especially well for these pleasure purchases. We talk a lot in the personal finance world about delayed gratification. When I say delayed gratification, that does not get me excited. Yeah. At all. So I like to call it prolonged pleasure. And so when I am saving for something fun, I like to view it as almost like a courtship, like you're flirting with this thing that you want. Hmm. And I'll give you a good example. Um, There was a painting that I wanted, and it was in a gallery down in Venice. And I actually saw it on my birthday, but I wasn't quite ready to part with my money for it just yet. It's totally a pleasure purchase. You know, it was several hundred dollars. I, I wanted it, but I just felt like the timing wasn't right for me to buy it yet. Mm-hmm. And so, especially if you have to go into debt to buy this thing you want, then the timing is not right yet. So we want to save up and wait for it. Yeah. So rather than thinking of like, oh, this is delayed gratification and I'm prolonging this, this wanting and needing this painting and being upset that I don't have it yet, I shifted it from delayed gratification to prolonged pleasure. And so I basically flirted with this painting, so to speak. I took a picture of it while I was there. I put it on my phone. I, when I got home, I printed it. And I put it up on my vision board. I would go to the gallery website, see if it was still there. And I would just get myself excited about it. And then about three months later, I bought it. I went back and it was still there. And I bought it. And it was actually on sale. And I got it $200 cheaper. Woohoo! <laughs> That's great. But it's like, I actually enjoy doing that. It's almost like if I've like trained myself. Like if I get something too fast, then it's like, I don't get to enjoy the process of anticipating it. If you kind of think about it, it's like plugging into that energy of being like a six-year-old in December Mm -hmm. and you're waiting for Santa, right? Like the whole entire month, you're freaking excited, right? You can't sleep. You're, I don't know, back in the day, we were cutting pictures out of the Sears catalog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, for those I younger guess listeners, days, the Sears yeah. catalog, Sears was a store <laughs> back in the day before it went bankrupt. I believe it's bankrupt. I'm not sure. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think most of them have closed. And a catalog is a big book with paper that's made of paper that was sent out with pictures and things that you could buy. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> 
again, the old guy is rambling. Um, yeah, but I, I miss the Sears catalog. I, I, I miss perusing through something like that, that, you know, you could see all these things. And I mean, everything's digital. I get it. But there was something about looking at the paper and it's all waxy and stuff. It's kind of, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. Yeah. But like that, so you know exactly that feeling. That yes. is like the prolonged pleasure feeling of anticipation and planning for it. So like even before I bought it, I was looking through my house of like, okay, so once I buy it, where am I going to put it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now that I have it, because I had that courtship with my painting, it's like every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, I love it so much, right? Because it's like, I wanted it for a long time. And so getting it actually felt more satisfying than if I had just bought it, put it on a credit card. I mean, you know, I pay my credit cards off every month, but you know, if I had had to make payments on it, then yeah. it actually taints that pleasure purchase. Can can I I want to so what I'm seeing is goal setting, right? And yeah. can I can I tell you just a brief story of one one of my clients? Of course. Okay. So it it's it's very similar in the fact that um, he had a specific goal. His goal was actually weight loss. So the goal that you're talking about is saving the money up to yeah. make that purchase. It's still the same thing. It's it's a goal. And that part of it, the flirting with it, for him, when he lost a certain amount of weight, he was going to go buy two new suits at a local tailor that like would hand make suits, you know, to your body, so on and so forth. And so as part of his goal setting, I said, I want you to go there this weekend and pick the the type of material or the pattern that you want for your suit for at least one of them mm. and get a swatch right get a or it's, a, it's called a swatch right i think so. yeah yeah, it's yeah. so get, get a little swatch and i said then drive right to the hardware store your local hardware store and ask them to put a grommet in it for you so in other words punch a hole in it and a little metal grommet and i said and then you're gonna make that into a keychain he's like I'm going to what? <laughs> trust me. <laughs> trust me on this. Make it into a keychain because his goal in, included him having to get up at 5 a.m. to go work out at the gym. So he mm. used that swatch of cloth so he could see it every day, flirt with it every day in his hand yeah. as he grabbed his keys and started his truck to drive to the gym to, to start making his goal. So what you're saying is there's so much power in that. You took a photo of it. You had it on, you know, on your phone. You could have used it as your screensaver on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, all these different. And you, you said you printed it out and put it on your your board. Yeah. All those things. What what a great way to like. I, I love the way you put it to flirt with it because it's like, mm-hmm. hello, <laughs> you see <it> over there. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm going to see you in you know a few months or in a month or yeah. in a couple of weeks. You know, you're kind of counting down the time. So I, I, mean, I love that. And I, there's the psychology of it. I know you know this, but it is so incredibly powerful to be reminded of why you're doing something and what you're really going for. And mm-hmm. even though we don't want to use delayed gratification necessarily as our phrase today, that that ability to wait is so powerful. I, I want to ask you, when you got that painting, number one, the, the, the joy and ecstasy, if you will, of having the thing that you've been wanting for so long was there. But there mm-hmm. must have been this huge sense of pride as well that you you yeah. did it, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. That's yeah. That is so cool. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thank you so much for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.christine.com 
lucan.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. It seems like I always I always have a painting in the queue that I'm mm. that I'm flirting all right. with. All right. Like, <laughs> there's a really awesome one. I don't know if it's still it's at the same gallery. So I actually when I when I bought mine, I looked over and I saw this other one. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how much is that one? And then I saw yeah. the price tag and I was like, yeah, it's going to be a while for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Does your current painting get jealous at all? Uh, I don't know. I have a lot of paintings, so, you you know, I, I I think they're all one big happy family. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we hope so. Yes. You know, when you're thinking about your savings goals, identify what you need to save for and the purpose. Is this more of a provider goal and plug into that energy about taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, or is it more of this pleasure energy and just identify that. Now, you know, we talked about delayed gratification and how that's kind of a buzzkill. The other word that's a buzzkill is willpower. 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 Because <laughs> most people are like, oh, yeah, I don't have that either. <laughs> that's right. Just don't tell me other things I'm lacking. Thank you very much. Right. And, you know, here's the thing. Willpower doesn't work for most of us. And that's why we need things like vision boards. In keychains made from fabric swatches, mm-hmm. uh, the suit we're going to get hand tailored for us in the near future. You know, this just buckle down and do it term, we've heard that discipline is necessary to save. But willpower itself is unreliable. And here's why there are a lot of sources that tap your willpower tank, so to speak. And your level of willpower varies from day to day, week to week, month to month, right? So if you're going through a hard time personally or professionally, your willpower is probably going to be depleted, right? Because you're going through something stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like during the day, If you have to drive in traffic and some butthead cuts you off and, you know, you have an argument with a coworker and you can't tell them what you really feel and, you know, you're, you got a call from the principal because your kid was misbehaving. By the time you get home after dinner, that's when you tuck into the pint of Ben and Jerry's Mm -hmm. or go on a little shopping spree on Amazon, right? Because it's like, At that point, your willpower is gone. And so I don't want my clients relying on willpower to achieve their financial goals. Yeah. I prefer to use habit and emotion instead, especially when we put those two things together. They can be extremely powerful. You know, when it comes to habit, first of all, we can take a tiny amount of willpower to automate our discipline. So for example, if I say every week I want to save $100, well, if I have to actually log into my bank and make that transfer every week, how often is that actually going to happen? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if I exercise a little bit of willpower and I set up an automatic transfer so that every Friday $100 goes into my saving Mm -hmm. account, it's going to happen. 
right? The only way it's not going to happen is if I take action and stop it. So basically, we're using laziness to our advantage mm-hmm. by putting as many good habits on autopilot as possible. So I always say like mindless spending is a bad thing. Mindless saving is a great thing. So Mm -hmm. automate your contributions to retirement. So whether you're doing it through, you know, your financial planner or you're doing it through your paycheck at work, automate your savings transfers any any time that you can automate that stuff it's probably going to happen because most of us most of us are lazy and we're not going to do it <laughs> yeah yeah when i started my business christine the 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 guy at the bank that i was working with he's like so you, you can avoid fees by making sure that you're making consistent transactions between you know your checking and savings account and so on and so forth and i was like okay he goes are you good at that? And I said, no. He said, <laughs> he said, okay, so here's the deal. What I'm going to do is I'm going to set up an automatic transfer. I'm going to transfer $150 every month from your business checking to your business savings. And then the next day it's going to go back into your checking. As long as you know that's happening, the bank sees it as activity and you don't have to pay any business fees. Deal. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, set that up, sir. Uh, thank okay. you. And, and it's been doing that for the last eight years or however long. <laughs> Um, 150 in, 150 out, 150. Okay. So the savings, we don't want it to come back out. We want it to stay in there. But yeah, that was just one example. The bank is more than happy to help people set those kind of things up. Yeah. Well, and some of the other things you can do is to set up different accounts for different purposes. And I certainly recommend that your emergency fund, the fabulous e-fund, is in its own account. That the provider savings is separate from the pleasure savings. Yeah, because sometimes we can get into pleasure mode and accidentally spend some of the money that's that's mm. not meant for that. Yep, <laughs> been there. And and so I actually have a an online account away from my regular bank where I keep my emergency fund. Yeah. So it basically takes two to three business days to transfer back. Now I do have I do have savings at the bank that I bank at all the time, just in case there's something like a, oh my gosh, less than 24 hours. I really need this money for something, but I never touch that other account. Like I just don't even touch it. Yeah. It's got, it's got our emergency fund in it and it just sits there and earns interest. So, (laughs) so that can be helpful and it can also be helpful to see that balance grow. So whenever I was saving up for a new car, I would have a specific savings account. I would have a new car fund. And so it was always fun to see that balance grow and know exactly how much was in there because I could pretty much calculate in my head how long it was going to be before I got that new car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So habit beats willpower every time because habit, basically once we've done it enough times or if we're putting it on autopilot, it becomes unconscious and we don't have to think about it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So the final point, right? So we said habit and then emotion. And this is all about emotionally charging your savings goals. Now, we usually don't have to work super hard at doing this for our pleasure goals, 
right? Because I'm already excited about the painting. You're already excited about the vacation. And so it doesn't take a lot of work to emotionally charge that particular situation, right? Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. take five minutes to think about it and be like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm more than happy to save for this one. But when you've got something, especially more in the provider energy, it can feel sticky, right? So yeah. when you're thinking about retirement or saving for your kid's college or even saving for emergencies, it can be like, Ugh, uh, yeah, I know I have to do this. I know I have to take care of my family. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel fun. But here's the interesting thing. We can use positive emotion which we always do for the pleasure goals, right? That just comes naturally. We can also use negative emotion. And I love to use this for the emergency fund. So I will, I'll tell people, I'll say, think about the last time that you had an emergency and you didn't have any savings to take care of that. Now, back when I was with my ex in my 20s, this happened all the time. So anytime the car broke down, I didn't just have a financial emergency. You know, it's like you had the car emergency, but then you had the financial emergency on top of it. So you basically mm -hmm. had two emergencies. Yeah. And so, yes, I was worried about, okay, if my car is going to be in the shop for a week, how am I going to get back and forth to work? You know, all of those other things. But then I'm also like, well, how the heck am I going to pay for this? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Am I going to have to go to a payday lender? Am I going to have to borrow money from somebody? Is there any money left on my credit card? And so that would be like the whole, you know, a whole nother issue on top of it. And so once I got out of that relationship and got my finances on the mend and actually had an e-fund, I remember the first time that I had car trouble. And I didn't have to worry about how I was going to have to pay for it mm. because I had the money. And it was just like, oh, I just got to, I'm just going to have to have Nick take me back and forth to work. <laughs> like, oh, well, that was easy. And um, it's funny because sometimes people actually, my, my clients actually get upset when they have to use their emergency fund. You know, we'll, we'll log on for one of our sessions. They'll be like, so how's everything going? And they'll be like, oh. The car broke down. It's going to be $2,000 to fix. You know, I had to pull that out of my, on my emergency fund. And I'm like, congratulations. And they're just <laughs> looking at me like, what? And I was like, you had money in your emergency fund to take care of this. You didn't mm -hmm. have to put it on your credit card. And they're like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> I said, don't be upset when you have to use your emergency fund for an emergency. Like, that's what it's for. And yes, we will put together a plan to get your emergency fund back up to where it needs to be over the next couple of months. But this is progress. You had money in the emergency fund to take care of it. But sometimes just like plugging into that feeling of remember the last time I didn't have money for an emergency and what did I have to do? Did I have to, you know, I had a client who he's one of my huge success stories him and his wife, before they started working with me, they would, when something like that would happen, they would have to borrow money from her mom because her mom was pretty well off. Mm -hmm. So she would always either give them or lend them the money, but like the guilt and the shame that she would pile on them yeah. was like massive. Jeez. Yeah. So just like plugging into that and saying like, 
if we do this, you can avoid that. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> Seriously. So, yes. You know, then we can also, for these big goals that are way out in the future, sometimes it helps to use both positive and negative emotions. And we did touch on this uh, a couple episodes ago when I talked about the financial dignity formula, because this is a big part of getting people financially healthy is making sure that they have that financial safety net. You know, last time we talked about retirement. So let's look at a different example. Let's just say, and I know your kids are pretty much grown at this point, but let's just say, or, you know, rewind several, several years and you're saving for your daughter's college education. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that she wants to be a veterinarian. She loves animals. She wants to be a veterinarian. So you're like, okay, now she's going to have to go to four-year college plus veterinary school. You know, you're doing the math in your head. And you're like, okay, this is how much we're going to have to save. So you know how much you're going to have to save. Now you got to get yourself motivated <laughs> to save it. Well, what you can do is you can think about the positive side of it, and you can imagine her graduating from veterinary school, eventually opening her own practice, going to see her at the office, and her being so happy, surrounded by all these fluffy animals that she gets to take care of, and you're just so proud. But then you can also see the flip side. What happens if you don't save enough money? And she can't go to college. And she's bringing all those animals to my house. (laughs) (laughs) We can't take any more. Right. You know, so maybe she can't even work with, you know, maybe she doesn't even work in that field. She has to work in some different type of job uh, that she doesn't really like. And exactly, you know, and then that makes you sad. So it's like you can use both sides of the emotional spectrum to say, Okay, now hopefully the positive picture is pulling you forward to want to do it. And if not, you always have that negative scenario in your imagination that's like kind of nipping at your heels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they're both pushing you in the right direction. Yeah, she's a toll booth operator and I've got a house full (laughs) of weird animals that she wants to take care of but doesn't know how to now. That's great. Uh, now I can just smell it. Thank you. <laughs> this, this is very negative. I, I, I can see the power in what you're saying because yeah. now I'm just visualizing chaos in my house and lots of fur. So, okay. Yes. Anyway, let's let's move on, shall we? The, the, this was like the animal episode. Well, yeah. Was, so we yeah. did not plan it that way. But, but we like dogs. We like dogs. Dogs are good. Okay, I like dogs. Sorry. You you can have the cats. I'll I'll take the mush dogs. Okay. So I I will ask my clients, like, what is one of your long-term goals that you can emotionally charge? And, you know, what is that scenario for you? What's the positive scenario? What's the negative scenario? I like that a lot. Yeah. So now everybody knows why they're not saving money. Uh, or not saving as much money as they want to. Mm-hmm. And of course, what they can change for the better. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Well, again, I, I think that this is, I, we always do a call to action of some kind at the end, mm-hmm. but this is something that I think is, it's not easy to identify on your own. It's not easy to to be able to imagine 
the positives and the negatives on your own without maybe somebody asking you some of those questions to like help you to visualize. And that's what you do. I mean, this is yeah. exactly what you you do. So tell us more about that and how, how folks can connect with you and, and, and yeah. uh, maybe start this journey. Yeah. So if you want my help with both the practical and the emotional aspects of your money, I've opened up time in my calendar to talk to you and you can schedule a time, see if we're a good fit to work together one-on-one. -on -one. You can go uh, to my website, christinelucan.com forward slash apply. Or if you prefer a high value, low cost DIY option, we also have that as well. Uh, my Financial Dignity on Demand course is at financialdignityondemand.com, or you can find it right on the website. If you click on the courses, there's a drop down menu of all of the courses that are available as well. Awesome. And, and one last thing that I didn't say before we hit the record button, and I, you know, I haven't said it so far in the podcast. Christine, I got the book. Oh, you did. Thank you. Yes. Yay. Thank you so much. So uh, for <laughs> those that are maybe newer to the to podcast, Christine has a book, Money is Emotional. She, she sent me an autographed copy. So I'm so excited about that. But yeah, I just began to crack it open just a little bit. I mean, we, it's a lot of what you've already talked to me about and talked on this podcast about, but I'm really excited. So I know that people can get a copy of this as well. And, and is it possible? I'm going to put it out there. Is it possible for them to reach out to you and, and get an autographed or purchase an autographed copy from you? They can. I always tell people you need to be in the U.S. for that because otherwise okay. the postage gets quite ridiculous. Yes, but I, yeah. yeah, they can absolutely do that. Cool. Okay. Anything else for today's podcast? No, I think between all the savings tips and the uh, furry animal references, I, I think we're done for today. <laughs> And if you want more information on helicopter rides and mushy dogs, um, you can also reach out to Christine. Christine, Absolutely. thank you so much. This, this is always fun. Yes, it is. All right. And our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lucan. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Christine comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Money is Emotional, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. To get in touch, visit our website at www.christinelucan.com or drop us a line at hello at christinelucan.com. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Christine Lucas. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your advisor, tax professional, or other qualified financial professional with any questions you may have regarding your personal finances.